He is the JoeBucksFan.com draft guru, as heard many times on the Ira Kaufman podcast. The great Sean Sullivan is here now with his new podcast, Best in Class, presented by Bill Curry Ford. You love diving into all things NFL draft, but what about after the draft? That's what this weekly podcast is about, and a little bit of Buccaneers talk too. Keeping up with the rookies and second-year guys around the NFL, how they are playing, how they're being used, and much more. Here he is, Sean Sullivan. Hi, everybody. It's Sean Sullivan with Best in Class, coming to you live from Bill Curry Ford Studios in Tampa. I apologize for my voice. It is um, hoarse after yesterday I screamed and yelled a lot and then punched a lot of things uh, shortly after. I got to order a new TV on Amazon. Yes, I'm one of those guys. So the game was incredible. The energy at the stadium, all of those things were great. It was very similar to the energy that we had over the weekend at Bill Curry Ford. Man, were we busy Friday and Saturday. People, everyone was here buying cars and we were buying cars off the street. And, you know, we have some terrific things going on right now. Besides a lifetime warranty on every new and used car vehicle, we are paying top dollar for cars, giving top dollar for trade. Uh, we have our own bank now, AFS Financial. And we can finance our own customers if we choose to, if you qualify. So um, we have a lot of wonderful things going on. And uh, man, I was really pumped. I was. Uh, I took my wife and my children to Meat Market for brunch on uh, Sunday morning because I needed to get out of the house because, you know, the game was at 3 o'clock. So I was like super excited and I needed to, you know, get my mind off of it. So I had a great breakfast, got fired up, got a Buddy Brew coffee. You know, I did jumping jacks on my way to the stadium. So did all of those things and like I got really fired up and went into crowds of people that were so excited. It was so amazing to see all the Bucks fans and how excited we were and to have that energy again. It was just, it was just so amazing. And then the game started and then I slowly started to die inside. It's like one of those slow, you know, thousand pokes of death. Like if you, I know you've heard of that, you get stabbed or you can get like, you know, pin poked like a million times and, and it can kill you, but it takes like a million. That's the way it felt. I felt like, you know, I, I watched the sun go down and it never come back up. And, you know, I, there's so many notes I have on this game, you know, after I had time to process it. And I really would like to, I guess, start with, Oh, gracious thing. Let me, oh, please follow us at um, Bill Curry Tampa, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, visit us at uh, BillCurry4.com. Uh, sorry, Grace. So I'd really like to start with coaching. So I did my podcast last week, which, by the way, thank you for all the listeners um, who were sending me emails. And I have some emails to read today, which I'm very excited about. You know, and then my ratings are going up, which is really nice. And uh, probably not after this podcast because I'm, I'm very melancholy and sad. You know, I felt like someone, you know, stole my, my best gal. Um, anyway, we're going to start with coaching. Last week, I said very clearly that there's no way that you can prepare properly for the Rams game if you're interviewing for other jobs. And the NFL had an opportunity to change this rule in the offseason, and the owners voted on it, and they allowed coaches to interview the week of the division around games for open head coaching jobs. Now, Here's my problem with this. I had Byron Lefwich and Todd Bowles interviewed. I think they had three and four interviews this past week. I, I lost track of how many interviews that Todd Bowles had. He had a lot. And 
when I look at the game plans on this game and how the game was scripted to start and, and then how the defense decided to play in the first half, and I'm thinking there wasn't a lot of time spent on this game plan. And I know they put game plans in three weeks ahead of time where they're prepared to play the Rams or they're prepared to play the Cardinals and they've already had some some research and installs. I'm familiar with all of that. Don't send me any emails at bestinclass at billcurry.com to talk to me about installs. I am, I'm a very aware of them. I know how they work. But here's the problem. The plays that we called and the plan that we had going to the game was atrocious. I think that's really the only word for it. You went into this game and you had Tom Brady throw 54 times, which was on a, an offensive line that we knew wasn't going to hold up. 44 of the 54 passes were thrown short, which the Rams are ineffective against, and somehow um, we weren't able to complete them. But getting back to the game plan, the way the first part started with, with Fournette running for two first downs, we ran six out of our first 12 plays very successfully, came out with no points, our defense went into the game deciding to blitz Stafford, which, of course, you probably know this. You've done the research that he is the best quarterback in the NFL against the blitz. Uh, we blitzed him in the first quarter, the first drive, uh, as he marched right down to the field. And then we watched uh, Jamal Dean drop another interception in the end zone. Don't worry, he dropped another one later in the game. If you were worried that he only had one drop, he had actually two drops in the game for interceptions. Jug machine, Jamal Dean. Jug machine after practice every day. For goodness sakes, get new gloves or cleats or whatever. Anyway, we're not going to get. I'm not going to get mad at Jamal Dean right now because that's a whole nother podcast. So I watched him move the ball down uh, with ease, and then I, I watched him move down the ball with ease, and then I watched him move down the ball with ease until we were, you know, we were down by two scores, and we we finally kicked a field goal, but we abandoned the running game. So we decided to just go, you know, throw, 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 throw even though Fournette was at four yards a carry. He was at 4.7 yards a carry at that time, um, and they wanted to look like they had no part of him. I mean, Leonard Fournette had 13 carries in that game, guys. 13 carries for 51 yards and two TDs. He had nine catches for 56 yards. So if you want to look at this game, he was very effective. You're not going to be very effective with 13 carries. You don't give King Henry 13 carries. You don't give you know, um, Alvin Kamara, 13 touches. I, I don't understand it. When you have a hot player and the guy's running over him, why we don't continue? But this is part of Byron Leftwich's problem is he gets pass happy. And he we could not protect Tom Brady for a second. I thought we were going to have Alex Kappa at right tackle and Aaron Stenny at inside guard. And instead we had an injured Wells, which I don't even know if he's 100% if he can play in the NFL. I don't know um, because he's so terrible. And it could be because he's injured and if he's listening – Listen, it's not personal. I'm a football fan, and, and you played terrible. We ended up putting a guard. We put Stenny over there on the other side who plays inside guard. For whatever reason, we didn't move Kappa to the outside. Listen, there's so many different combinations that we tried. We tried um, our running backs on that side. We tried Gronk on that side. We tried them sliding down tackle. We tried sliding protection. Then they started loading up on Donovan Smith on the other side, and then Donovan Smith couldn't block anybody in this game for some reason, forgot how to block. Um, Leonard Floyd, he forgot how to, how to block Von Bell or Von Miller. I, I don't understand how we just in these games forget our training and, and like and, and how to do things. Like the pressure didn't come up the middle, which I expected from Jensen. But in this game, we we had all these different pressure techniques, and we're still dropping back 54 times, but we're running the ball effectively, and Leftwich just uh, like literally abandons it. And we had plenty of time, guys, in the second half of this game. 
The, the Rams had nine possessions, and they scored on two. That means seven possessions we were able to stop them in the second half with adjustments. Now, what did we do? Every time we got the ball, we tried to take shots down the field to score quickly. When we had plenty of time, we were down by, by two touchdowns. We had plenty of time to run the ball, plenty of time uh, for screen passes, for tight end pa- screens. We didn't use Scotty Miller effectively out of the backfield like we had the last two games. It was like our entire offense – was just absolutely pitiful. And everybody's like, well, Sean, the Rams have a better defense. They have a better team. No, they don't. They have a few stars, for goodness sakes. They didn't even have their two starting safeties in this game. Their pass rushers hit or miss. They only had three sacks in the game. You guys act like they sacked Brady 11 times. They didn't get sacked like that, like Burrow got sacked nine times. I mean, in this game, it drives me crazy. I mean, yes, was there pressure? Yes. Did we have opportunities to pass the ball? Yes. Does Tyler Johnson continue to drop drop three balls on third down to stop drives. Yes, he does. You, you, you can't have an entire team just decide not to play in, in a divisional round game. You know, Tom Brady, you know, 30 of 54, 329, a TD and an interception. The interception he underthrew, you know, that's on him. Um, but, you know, the guy got hit, you know, consistently, and his arm got hit twice. And that was from the left side, not the right side. That was Donovan Smith which I'm still not understanding how he can't handle his guy one-on-one. I mean, when I say, if you watch this game, and I've already watched it a second time, it's, it's 4 o'clock on Monday, January 24th. I've already watched the game twice, okay? When you watch this game, the left tackle, which is Donovan Smith, the right tackle literally give up in one second. It's not even I, – I don't understand. You can't even hold your block for two seconds in this game. It's – and I know they overloaded on Donovan when we, when, we, when we slid all the protection to the right. But goodness sakes, we slid the protection to the right because we, you know, Donovan Smith is a terrific tackle. When, regardless of all the people, write me it. Fine. Send me, send me a bunch of emails telling me how, Don, how bad Donovan Smith is. Don, he is not a bad player. He just had a bad game. And, and, I, and I don't understand how all the players seem to have bad days on the same day. Uh, Sean Murphy Bunting couldn't tackle me. I mean, he missed 10 tackles in the game, probably. I mean, I've never seen so many missed tackles. Uh, Mike Edwards, who I sang his praises last week, literally decided um, to have the worst game he's ever played and decide, you know, not to hear the defensive call. So he was out of position on two terrible scoring plays for the Rams, and he's out of position twice. Um, you know, Devin White decides to to freelance, which we've heard all year long is Devin White freelances. Well, he freelances and leaves – back up third string uh, running backs to catch touchdowns because he, he doesn't follow his play. There's a, there's a lack of discipline in this game. Yes, did the referees favor the Rams? Of course they did. The referees favor the Rams all the time. It's, it's an L.A. market. If you're, if you're them, I mean, if you're the NFL, and we can talk about all the conspiracy theories, but here's my thing. I don't think that there's a meeting where they go, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to screw the Buccaneers in this game. That's not what they do. They have a meeting and I think that they go, okay, so L.A.'s the better team. This is what we're going to watch with Jensen. This is what we're going to watch here. This is what we're going to watch with these players. We're going to make sure. And then they, then they go out. And then instead of actually just watching the game and watching the holding and how it unfolds, they already have preconceived ideas about where these penalties are going, especially at Hockley. They're going to absolutely predetermine that's what's going to happen. And the fact that Brady took that shot to the face and got a 15-yard penalty, which, by the way, was super important in this game, that he got that penalty. So not only did we lose 15 yards, we lost the 15 yards that we should have gained from that play. And there's a referee that his specific job, 
His entire job is to watch what happens to the quarterback, and he missed it. Uh, I don't think that he's like some secret pocket guy where he's getting a bunch of money. I think that he's just an incompetent person doing his job. He's just incompetent. And as you, if we've watched through this entire playoffs, the the referees have been a problem since day one of the NFL because we don't have full-time referees, and it's still a problem. They are terrible at their job. And they don't, they, they're not consistent with their calls. They, they completely favor one team, it seems like, in every game. You can just you can see it in the game, which way it's going to go. But, um, you know, so Byron left, which getting back to my first point, because I went on a long tangent about how, you know, that's how my mind's working right now. It's cloudy. I don't have sunshine and, and, and butterflies. I have clouds and rain and storms, right? And then, you know, and then the, so basically, Byron Leftwich called a terrible game. I mean, terrible game. Probably his worst game. And if he's interviewing for jobs, don't put this on your resume, right? Todd Bowles, for whatever reason, wanted to, to stay with blitzing the Rams. And we can talk about the fact that, yes, there were many defensive players that didn't do their job, that didn't tackle. Were they in position to tackle? Todd Bowles is going to say, yes, my defense had the guys in position. They didn't make the tackles. He, ha- you know, he has a point there. They didn't tackle. So, I mean, they were, they, that was probably the worst tackling game I've seen all season except for the New Orleans game at home where we got shut out. So, but when you, when you look at it overall, uh, I'm talking to Lee Kemper this morning on uh, my way into work, and he was just like, I can't believe, you know, that he blitzed as much as he did and he didn't stay in zone. And, and everybody knows you have to play Stafford in zone, and, and that's how he turns. We had four turnovers. We had four turnovers, and we didn't, lose, we didn't win the game. We had four turnovers. I mean, four I mean, we can say that the, the defense didn't do all four, sure. But, but goodness sakes, we had four turnovers. The defense produced four turnovers and gave up 30 points to a Rams team on, uh, at home. Yeah, there's four turnovers. We should have blown this team out. That's how, we, that's how I feel about it. But getting back to Todd Bowles, he tried to play zone, okay? Our team did not play the zone well. Whether it's a communication problem or whatever, even in zones, we're giving up. Even on double teams, we're giving up twenty-yard um, pass catches. On double, so Stafford's throwing into um, he's throwing into a corner underneath and a safety over top, and he's still completing the balls because we're playing nine yards the, off the receiver. Go back and watch this game again. We're playing nine yards off, ten yards off. It's third and four, and we're nine yards off. I mean, I don't understand the coaching and what we're doing on these plays. I can sit here and blame the players all, all day long. Do I think Tyler Johnson should be on this team? No, I don't. Do I think that Darden should be on this team? No, I don't. I think these are placeholders. I don't know why we have them on our team. I know we're going to try to develop them. Develop them on the practice squad. Don't develop them in the game when we really need them, okay? You know, Tyler Johnson had six targets, dropped three balls, all on third down, right? Darden put us in really bad shape with these returns. Slipping down reminds me of Dexter Jackson at Appalachian State with the slipping of the down thing. But uh, Scotty Miller should have had a, a, a more play in this game, obviously. But we really missed Cyril Grayson, if you can believe that. I think he's played really well. We really missed him. And Brashard Perryman was a huge loss in this game. I mean, we're all talking about, you know, uh, Tristan Wirfs. But I really think we get this. If, if Brady had, uh, and I'm not even talking about Godwin, just Cyril Grayson and Perryman in this game, we win this game. Mike Evans did his normal normal stuff that did terrific. But how do I blame Todd Bowles, guys, if he's calling zone and they're moving the ball in the zone 
and then he then he does some rushing and some passing. He does um, some pass rushing, and it slows Stafford down in that second half where they had seven three and outs or six and outs. I mean, I don't know the exact plays, but seven seven series where they didn't score points. One of them was a missed field goal, but he's definitely slowed them down. And then with 40 seconds left after Leonard Fournette, by the way, who only had 13 carries in the game, should have had 25 carries in the game. After after he scores the touchdown, we had 40 seconds left. The very first play, we sack him. The second play, which was pressure. The second play, we, we, we dropped into zone, and he completed a 20-yard pass to Cooper Cup, again with double coverage, and they still completed the ball. So then on third down, they, they call pressure, and it looked like goal line because – you had Vita Vea, um, Shaq Barrett not lined up. They weren't even lined up when the ball was snapped. I don't, I don't know if they were, if they thought that we had a timeout because there was no timeout, or they thought they were going to take a knee. I'm not quite sure. But when you rewatch the, when you rewatch the game, we had a lot of defensive players that weren't set up for the, for the, for the ball to be hiked. And I don't know what was going on if the, if the defensive play didn't get called in correctly, you know. And then, you know, you had Antoine Winfield who's basically was nine yards off the line of scrimmage and got beat by 10 yards. I, I, that just can't happen. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit there and say he's a bad player. I love him as a player. But uh, I don't know what he was doing. He had a nine-yard lead on Cooper Cup and ended up being 10 yards behind. He had a 19-yard swing. I don't know what happened if he was looking in the backfield, if he, was, uh, he, he wasn't looking at Cup. So, and the fact that, um, that Stafford got that ball off, you know, should have never happened. I mean, I know you guys all saw Tony Dungy tweet out, you know, you know, where's your two high safeties? You should have let him throw underneath and made the tackle. Um, but I just think at the end of the day that Todd Bowles, you know, he goes back to what he knows, and that's rushing the passer. And I think in his mind he's like, we, can't, we are not a good zone team, and we're not a good zone team. We just give it up. And I think he was thinking, okay, we're going to go ahead and rush the passer um, and, and, and force it at the end of the game here. And I think he just rolled the dice with what he thought was best, and the execution didn't happen. Like I said, there were players that weren't even lined up on the line of scrimmage. I don't, I don't know what they were doing, but there was definitely communication problems all, all game long with Mike Edwards, with Antonio Winfield, with um, Sean Murphy Bunting. Devin White You know, did his thing where he freelances and missed all kinds of tackles. So, yeah, it's definitely frustrating. I'm a frustrated fan because – I feel like when, when, the, when the score was 27-27, I really felt like we had the momentum at home, that electricity in that stadium. Like I could feel it. I could still feel it. Like my hands were trembling. I was so excited. Um, and then to be defeated, you know, in 40 seconds with that s- stupid play. And then have Cooper Cup, a guy, you know, you know, the way we make him look, we make him look like he runs a 4-2. Like this is, like this is Waddle from Miami. You know what I mean? This this guy doesn't run a 4-2, okay? This is not a, a speed demon, okay? And he's running wide open down the field. So my heart's broken. Um, you know, then I come home and then, you know, and then I got, oh, Brady might retire. Um, you know, Gronk might retire. And Arians finally gave the endorsement. He's coming back for another year. And, you know, who knows what's going on with our coordinators. And, you know, we have a lot of guys that are not under contract next year. So that's that was really really tough to face um, all of those things and that's uh, I'm not going to give you you know I'm not going to give you 60 seconds uh, 60, 60 seconds of silence but man I feel like it you know uh, I literally have uh, my voice is gone I've 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 lost everything and you know what it is at the end of the day we should have won this game 
and they're over, oh, the Bucks got lots of lucky bounces. That's the way the game is played. Bounces go your way. That's how Super Bowls are won. There is no perfect game. There's no perfect scenario. I would have been super happy had we just made it to overtime and Brady marched us down and scored a touchdown because I think that would have happened, and I can see that in my mind happening, and I'm just frustrated that the that we didn't get the same effort out of some of the players. And I, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and call out players for any more because the players know what they did. They watched the film. There was a lot of standing around on a lot of these plays. It was, it was just frustrating. And then at the end of the game, everybody's like, well, we got the Super Bowl next year. Listen, you don't waste a year of this team. You cannot waste a year. The Rams went all in, gave up all their first-round draft picks for Matthew Stafford. They're going to have no draft for two years. Uh, so they went all in. That's all in. We have all of our draft picks. We have Tom Brady. We have Leonard Fournette. We have Mike Evans. We have Rob Gronkowski. You know, we we have enough to, to win this game. And I, I absolutely hate leaving to the Rams. So add this to my list of, of Ram defeats from 79 to Kurt Warner to Bert Emanuel to now 30-27 at the game that was in our house. And we let L.A. walk away with it. All right. So enough of the Bucks game. I can't take it anymore. So based on, on the Best in Class podcast, I'm going to get focused on the Senior Bowl. I'm going to have a Senior Bowl podcast this week. Uh, Grace and I are knocking it out tomorrow. It will be the most extensive Senior Bowl coverage uh, pre-game that you will find in the United States. You will not find a more extensive player personnel. I have spent so much time and energy on this. I have the players to watch. I have everything going on. And then right after the Senior Bowl, I'll do a Senior Bowl wrap-up. And then we're going to start on the on the 2021 um, Best-in-Class Rookie of the Year, Best-in-Class All-Rookie Team. And we're going to have that going on. And then we're going to get right into breaking down the draft. So those are we have a very exciting offseason. But uh, let me get to some um, emails. Here we go. Um, Hi, Sean. Now that our season is sadly over, how would you rate each player from the Bucks 2021 draft, especially the first four rounds? Uh, yes, I know the experts say it takes a few years to get a true assessment, but the Bucks have a 2022 draft coming up and must avail- evaluate their present roster despite a lack of perfect information. Thanks for all you do, Al. So, Al, what I'm going to do is I'm not going to break it down on this podcast, but I will tell you I have a draft review that I'm doing in the offseason where we're going to break down every draft pick the Bucks had, their, their snap counts, how they played. Uh, and I'm definitely going to break that down before um, the draft this year. Um, but I, that's going to have its own special best-in-class episode uh, recapping um, 2021 rookies. So that is coming up, so please keep listening. Hi, Sean. Who's the best player in the draft at any position? Um, and who will be drafted first overall? And who do you see as the best draft analyst in the land? Thanks. So that's a lot of questions. So again, we're going to have our draft breakdown. Um, and it's coming up where I'm going to break down every position. Um, right now, it's hard to say who I think the best player in the draft is. Because um, my, my best player in the draft is going to be by position. Like I... I have a favorite quarterback. I have a favorite running back. I have a favorite linebacker. I have a favorite rushing in. Best player in the draft would be uh, a question of like, like if I'm starting a team, uh, is that the best player in the draft? Like who would I start a team around? Or are you saying is there a difference maker like a Jamar Chase that can that can change an entire team's um, offense? 
But um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to break it down for you even better. I'm going to go through all the quarterbacks when I do my draft, and I'm going to go through all the running backs and all the wide receivers and all the tight ends, and I'm going to tell you who the best of those guys are. And then I'm going to rate it in the point system, and maybe I will come up with who I think is the most impactful player for the 2022 football season, but I'm going to do that. Who do I think will be uh, drafted first overall? Right now, I, I just don't think it's um, Thibodeau. I, I, I don't think that that um, Hutchinson makes it to, to that, and I don't think that um, Jacksonville is going to draft a quarterback. I do think there might be a trade out of that first-round spot. They have to go pass rusher because you have the two. The pass rushers are just so hard to find. The Bucks literally had no pass rush yesterday, so that should tell you something. We couldn't get there. I mean, Pierre Paul did nothing. Um, Joe Tryon's a rookie. He did nothing. Uh, Shaq Barrett did nothing. I mean, we literally had no pass rush on a backup offensive tackle, so and a backup left guard. So it is what it is. But nothing to me is more important than pass rusher. So I, I guess putting me on the money, I'm, I'm going to go with Thibodeau. You know what? Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on that because you know he's a, he's a very injured player in college, so I'm not gonna sit there and say he's my best player. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna rank them all by by scores, and then we'll we'll figure it out together. Who do you see as the best draft analyst in the land? That's easy for me. Uh, Grace is looking at me funny. Why are you laughing at me funny? I'm wondering who you're gonna say. <laughs> well, there's a podcast, uh, and then there's a a website. Uh, there's the Draft Network. There's the Draft Buzz. There's so many of them, but as as far as my favorite, as far as entertainment, is easy. Mel, Mel Kiper is my favorite at just entertaining me because I don't think that he knows everything. Trust me, I think that he's an actor, but I really love listening to him. I love his passion. I love his aggression. I love I love listening to him, and I love proving that he's wrong. Um, that's a lot of fun for me um, because when I listen to to people, you have to understand how. That when people are, are um, looking at these guys and talking about the like the draft and the analysts, they don't know that much because you don't know how they're going to perform until they put on the professional uniform. There's been so many great players in college that just don't perform for many myriad out of reasons. Um, it's pretty much like winning the lottery on a lot of these guys. But um, you know, Mike Mayock, I hope he goes back to doing it because I loved his breakdown and analysis, uh, and Mel Kiper, obviously. Um, just because of the way he delivers the information. I like even his voice um, because maybe he was the first one that I started listening to when I was a boy. So, you know, like maybe that's one of those things where, where you remember. But but I, li- I have so many people I listen to now. Um, I guess there's not one other than, than the entertainment value that I like. Yep. Yeah, so that's where I'm at on that. But I, I can't wait to break down more uh, of the draft for you guys and uh, keep the questions coming at bestinclass at billcurry.com. Uh, I'm going to revisit some of those questions as I break my draft down. And then when I do my senior bowl, that might um, answer some of your questions. Uh, let's touch on some of the other games before we, we leave this podcast. So uh, since he beat Tennessee 19-16, so Joe, Joe Burrow, I've talked about him all year, second-year player out of LSU, 28-37, of 37, 348, just has moxie. I love that that term for a quarterback. He he had nine sacks against him, and he just kept on ripping the ball out of there. He was like, nothing's going to affect me. Nothing's going to do it. His partner in crime, Jamar Chase, first-round draft pick at LSU, five catches, 109. T. Higgins, who's a second-year player out of Clemson, second round, seven catches, 96 yards. And uh, I have a little note here about the offensive line for Cincinnati. I just said the line is offensive. So I think that's what I'm going to go with. Cincinnati's line is offensive. I like that. Uh, Tannehill threw three interceptions. There was a questionable call at the end of the game 
on that fourth and one, which I didn't understand why you wouldn't give that to King Henry. But again, I'm not I'm not coaching these teams, but I saw a lot of coaching mistakes in these games. Uh, my favorite game of the week was the 49ers and the Packers. I did very well in this game. Um, you know, you never bet on Aaron Rodgers in the playoff because he's a loser, right? That is what it is. San Francisco won 13 to 10. Elijah Mitchell, the six round pick out of Louisiana Lafayette, 17 carries, 53 yards. The guy ran hard. It was like three million degrees below zero. I mean, that that game looked like nobody wanted to get hit in that game. Um, Eric Stokes um, out of Georgia, first-round draft pick of uh, Green Bay, had four tackles, one pass defense. Both of those rookies, I thought, for their first Eric, – Eric Stokes' first playoff game, Elijah Mitchell's second playoff game. I thought they played very well. I thought it was really nice to see Aaron Rodgers um, lose and walk off the field and talk about retirement after. That was kind of nice. Uh, the 49ers played with a lot of heart. They have um, a lot of injuries, and now they have to play a very healthy Rams team. So that's going to be tough, but I'm going to be rooting for the 49ers. KC and Bills, KC uh, 142-36. This might be one of the best uh, playoff games ever. I think that you're going to see this game played on NFL Network over and over and over again. Um, Gabrielle Davis is a wide receiver at a UCF right here locally. He was a fourth-round pick. Um, he's in his uh, second year. He had eight catches, 201 yards, and four TDs for Josh Allen. So you might have just looking out. You might be looking at a future star there. Clyde Zelaire out of LSU last year, first round draft pick, had seven carries for 60 yards. He seems like he's um, off of his injury. It looks like he's playing a lot better. Uh, Nick Bolton, the second round pick out of Missouri, linebacker for KC, had eight tackles. He was all over the field. Creed Humphrey, the second round pick out of Oklahoma, played extremely well. I mean, Kansas City had a fantastic draft and. When I break down in the offseason, when I break down each team's draft, their 2021 draft, and who actually won, you know, KC, you know, it's hard to argue they had a really terrific draft. And their draft impacted their, their roster. So more than just getting star players, like it's not just about getting star players. It's about can you impact your roster with your draft? And that's what KC did. So, again, KC won 42-36 over the Bills. 49ers won over Green Bay, Cincinnati won over Tennessee, and the Rams beat the Buccaneers. So there we are. we got another week wrapped up. I will have a Senior Bowl preview wrapped up. for uh, As you know, the Senior Bowl is coming up very fast. I want you guys to have plenty of time to digest some of these great players. This is very exciting for me. Um, now that my heart's broken, I, can get, I, I will get focused on, on one of my true loves, and that's my rookies and my, according to Dick Vitale, my diaper dandies. I can't wait to talk about you know, Kenny Pickett and Desmond Ritter and, and Malik Willis and, and Bailey um, Zappi and, and Carson Strong and Sam Howell. I have some favorites like Damian Pierce out of Florida, who I didn't think yet used correctly. But there's a lot of stuff I just can't wait to go over with you guys. And uh, I look forward to it. So I hope you enjoyed uh, Best in Class with Sean Sullivan. You enjoy your ride home. Please visit us at BillCurryFord.com. Uh, you'll see all of our specials and our staff. You'll see Grace's pretty picture on there. Please uh, visit our Curry Cares if, if you are wanting to help in any of our charities. That would be fantastic. Uh, we have over 45 uh, active charities currently, uh, which I'm very excited about. Also, please follow us at Bill Curry um, Tampa, Instagram, on Facebook, uh, and Twitter. And please uh, come in to see our award-winning service department, body shop, and parts department. And uh, hope you have a great weekend. Please don't cry too much. There's always next season. And as a Bucks fan... That is uh, something we're used to. Have a great day, guys.